we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. A good place to start today, my fellow Americans, is uh, a report from Politico. Uh, COVID-19 hospitalizations are rising for the first time since the beginning of 2023. But public health experts and the White House appear confident the United States is well positioned to manage the virus heading into the fall. I got to share this with you. You'll you'll get a chuckle. Uh, It is more difficult than earlier in the pandemic to know how many infections are circulating in the U.S. due to the end of state data reporting requirements that were tied to the public health emergency, uh, which ended in May, by the way. But a 10.3% increase in weekly COVID-19 hospital admissions in mid-July is a reminder that the virus is still a public health challenge. But, oh, this is the part you chuckle on. The Biden administration has been seeking to portray a sense of victory over the pandemic. Let's start right there. Welcome into America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough. And that Biden administration finishes that quote uh, with this, Dr. McCullough, and you can opine on this, I'm sure. They say the Biden-Harris administration has made historic, I like that word, historic progress on our nation's ability to manage COVID-19 so that it is no longer meaningfully disrupts the way we live our lives. This is what they are putting out there. So how much credit do you give to the White House for this, I, I wonder? You know, th- this will really stretch the the boundaries of how much credit administrations try to take for various events. You know, almost every administration will take credit for a positive stock market, but then say they had nothing to do with the drivers <laughs> of an economic downturn. And, you know, the reality is the administrations probably have relatively little to do with so many of these macro cycles, whether it be the economy, the weather, natural disasters. Uh, here we are with COVID-19. The Biden administration, you know, took what the Trump administration had done and made it much worse. So mm-hmm. remember, Trump said he was never going to mandate the vaccines. The mandates came in with uh, Biden. And I think out of all the things, it was the mandates of the vaccines. If the vaccines were out there and they weren't mandated, mm-hmm people would have gotten the word that they're not safe and they're not working and they would have just naturally died their own their own you know death as a product but we still have over a hundred colleges universities mandating them we still have this uncomfortableness out there with covid 19 vaccines as we've watched the Biden administration still orchestrate this you know the White House task force doesn't have any press briefings fauci's now gone he's at Georgetown uh teaching. And uh, we're really just watching the pieces, um, you know, be picked up, analyzed, seeking justice in the House Select Committees and the, some of the Senate oversight panels. What do you think? Uh, I've got to ask you, what's the uh, course that Fauci is teaching? Is it corruption in healthcare? <laughs> well, it, it's, uh, you know, how to lie and cheat and get away with it. <laughs> uh, corruption in healthcare, how to... 
how to collaborate with the Chinese on you know biological threats to make the whole world sick. Uh, Rand Paul came out and was on Fox News and said that he's going to submit Fauci for formal criminal investigation. And it starts the, the most formal process they possibly uh, can take with Fauci. And they're going to start by saying, listen, he just simply lied to Congress. You can't do that. You can't go in there and say, no, I didn't fund gain-of-function research. And then all the emails come out, all the messages come out. And and there is now uniform agreement that the research to make SARS, a, a coronavirus more invasive and more lethal is gain-of-function research. And that's exactly what Fauci's uh, NIAID branch did when they funded Ralph Barrick at North Carolina Chapel Hill, who is the architect of SARS-CoV-2. And he published his papers in uh, 2015 on this. They still haven't called Barrick up or his, I believe his research fellow or attending, Vineet Menacheri, but they should have been there from the very beginning. What were you doing? Is the virus that you published in 2015, is that the virus that made everybody sick? Why or why not? And, you know, these very direct questions, you know, what was your uh, involvement with Stefan Bainzel of Moderna? Why does University of North Carolina Chapel Hill have a material transfer agreement with Moderna before the pandemic, before the, the end of 2019? What What is that material transfer agreement for? Was Barrick, did he cook up the virus and did he work with Moderna so they get a, a head start on the vaccine? How did all that happen? No, nobody will ask the hard questions Right. Uh, they're still just kind of nibbling around the edges. Let's stay on that to Rand Paul and Fauci there a moment. Now, obviously, Rand Paul has been his biggest nemesis. I mean, that's pretty clear. Just about in every hearing that he got, he held Fauci's um, feet to the fire. And Fauci continued to obstruct and deny and, uh, you know, which is what they do. Uh, I'm wondering, with this uh, criminal referral, um, he figures now that he's out of there, it's time to go after him. What do you think happens with that? Do you think Rand Paul, the senator, has uh, success with that in, in any way? Or do you think that just gets pushed under the carpet? You know, when they have special prosecutors or special counsels, uh, some of these investigations, you know, the Durham report, look at that. That was a seven-year journey. Yeah, people uh, you know, wasted go, a lot of money and got nowhere with it. They go on. Uh, look at uh, Ken Starr going after Clinton yeah. years ago. Yeah. And then every so often they do come up with something that's that's meaningful. You know, do do identify a bad guy and put him behind uh, bars. But I think if they did a special prosecutor and they put it on the fast track, got everything out while well, it's all fresh in everybody's minds, uh, it should be done during the term of the Biden administration. And uh, it, it tried to get this clarified before the election. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, and if there are through this whole investigation, if there's enough there for criminal charges to at least file the criminal charges and then let, you know, let the justice process play out after the elections, I think that would be that would be fine. Yeah, I think a lot of people would uh, celebrate uh, the moment of justice just to, um, well, there's been a lot of conversation about Fauci. I mean, he is uh, he is the villain in a lot of this. Uh, commercially, he's the villain. Um, the, the one that is easy to point to that people have, but it would be interesting to flush some of that out in the light of day uh, with some sort of justice and see what might transpire 
Uh, hard to say because so many of them slip through the cracks, as you say, and uh, very few get held accountable here. Um, but Rand Paul, he's been heroic uh, in this uh, fight for justice with Anthony Fauci. And you almost know it's coming when you see those hearings. It's it's hysterical, actually, the way the yeah. two of them target each other, don't you think? You know, It's true. Fauci is an ophthalmologist. He's a doctor. He's got a lot of fire in his belly. Uh, um, yeah. You know, I mean, Paul and Paul. Uh, recently had his office uh, burned down in, uh, uh, you know, in his home state of, um, I believe, Kentucky. And, he, he's been um, targeted a few times. He remember the neighbor yeah. punched him out. Remember the neighbor had a fight well, with him. Well, they they got into some type of, uh, 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 you know, fracas uh, there along the the border between his property and the other. You know, every so often you, you kind of mix it up with the neighbor. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I I just think that you know he is a firebrand. And, um, and you know, it's interesting uh, that uh, Fox News was interviewing uh, Ron DeSantis and and he was critical of Trump. He goes, listen, he goes, he says, if I was in the White House, he goes, I would have gotten rid of Fauci, period. I would have gotten rid of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have elevated him. And, yeah. uh, it, you know, I wonder what if if uh, if Trump was there, what would Trump say? Right. You know, would Trump double down and say, "Yeah, Fauci was a, a great question. guy. I'm glad I elevated him." What would what would he say? Yeah, well, uh, imagine the uh, DeSantis interview you're speaking about uh, was on Monday evening, and uh, it, if y'all didn't see that, it was interesting. Brett Baer uh, interviewed him; it was uh, pretty interesting. Uh, DeSantis held his own, don't you think, uh, Peter? He did pretty good holding his own. I was surprised. I, I did. I thought one of the the punchy questions, and and Brent asked this. He said. Uh, did the vaccines fail? You know, kind of like, you know, are you going to go that far? And then DeSantis started to, you know, walk through it. They <laughs> didn't stop that. spread. Of de- but if it would have answered the question with, yes, they failed. And here's the reason why. I just think there's, I think there's a way to yeah. answer questions yeah. that can really yeah. seal the deal on certain positions. And yeah. the candidates are still equivocal. So All of them are still equivocal on how to position these vaccines because yeah. they know 75% of Americans took them. Uh, there must be some people mm-hmm. who who don't want to feel bad about taking a vaccine. <laughs> they haven't been harmed by it, but they don't want to feel bad about it. And the candidates are saying, listen, if I really make somebody feel bad about taking a vaccine, I've lost a voter. And I bet their exactly. campaign managers are telling them that. You know, I'm thinking I have an image in my mind right now. I got to share with you a politician like that, a DeSantis or really any of them coming up and doing an interview. And they have a sign on them, Peter, that says slippery when wet. (laughs) (laughs) Because, uh, you know, that's why you could never run for political office, because uh, you just you're not terribly slippery. You sort of speak uh, to whatever the point is. And, And if you don't know, you tell them or whatever. See, politicians don't do that. They 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 deflect it. They don't they don't want to answer things like that. So they don't want to be divisive and they don't want to come back and answer other questions. And so they just sort of, uh, you know, obstruct. They just uh, um, it's a well, diversion. It's a diversion. And this is what they do. <laughs> and I've done, as you know, I've done a lot of national TV and, yeah. you know, some big national speeches. What what they do uh, is there's a question. They They listen to it hold the question in their minds, then say what they want to say, and then hopefully get back to the end of the question and satisfy the the person asking the question. But if you answer the question right away, the the concern is you never get to what you want to say. And this came up for me. I was on 
uh, people uh, saw me uh, over the last few days. I was on Fox News. I hadn't been on Fox primetime in a long time. I was on with Laura Ingram. But I went on with um, uh, Jeanette uh, Jesuit, who's another, she's a family medicine doctor. And it had to do with, you know, the failing physical and mental health of the producers wanted me to talk about three people in Washington, Biden, Mitch McConnell, and uh, Dianne Feinstein. And it turns out, you know, as we work with the producers and, you know, ultimately get to the show, there's all this back and forth. Uh, Biden gets uh, dropped from it and we focus on McConnell. And I don't know if you saw this, Malcolm, but McConnell was giving just a, a small press briefing. And him and some other senators. Now he's the, you know, he's the Senate Majority Leader, M- minority, just, minority Leader, uh, Senate. Yeah, he's Senate. He's, he, he's, he's the Senate Minority, minority. Leader. Yeah. He's the Senate Minority Leader. He just froze. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, but he, I absolutely seen it many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he he froze for yeah. you know yeah. about twenty seconds. I counted oh, yeah. from start to finish about thirty. It's, what do you think happened to him medically? What do you think well, happened? You know, he he didn't blink. And he, if it, and one of the um, the newsreels really uh, zeroed in on his face, and you could almost see like a little, a little what's called saccadic eye movement, so a little twitching eye movements back and forth. And you know he had just fallen in March of this year and broke some ribs. He fell at a, some type of a state dinner, broke some ribs, and had a concussion. And so here we are, four months later. He's he's standing there. To me, if I was to just look at the real, and you, you know, I, the, I told the producers I was not going to diagnose him on TV. In fact, I said we can't make a diagnosis on TV. But you know, I would tell you and tell our our you know private audience here that um, I would say it's an absence seizure, a petite mal seizure. It looked like all the features of a seizure. He literally just blanked out, and then he came out of it. He was a little bit dazed afterwards, and then. Um, and, and then he, they took him back inside and they perked him up. And then he, you know, he had the rest of his day. And um, one of his uh, confidants and supporters, uh, Jennings, was on. And he gave a comment. Well, he's fine. He talked to me and he's fine. Everything's fine. If if something's wrong, he would tell me. And I told Laura Ingram, I said, no, when you work with senior citizens, that, that's not the case. They lose their insight. Malcolm, they actually can't see that something's wrong. You don't trust him or you don't trust his friends. Now's the time for his family and doctors to step in and get an evaluation. If he's having seizures, uh, there's transient ischemic attack, hypoglycemia, uh, changes in blood pressure, which I don't think uh, happened. Um, But it's not good. And, uh, you know, if you and I basically froze for 30 seconds doing anything, we would be so alarmed. Our spouses would rush us into the ER. You could imagine, what if you're driving? What if you're operating equipment? That's right. uh, so anyhow, that was one set of comments that I gave on yeah. McConnell. And I didn't get around to commenting on Diane Feinstein, but I don't know if you've seen her recently, any yeah. footage of her. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Let me let me give you a couple of points here. Uh, McConnell, um, I'm glad you said what you said. I my I wanted to know what your assessment was, but it, it appeared to me it, that it was some sort of a stroke, a point, or something happened. It was uh, what do you call that? A mini stroke, or what do you what? What ha- we don't really know the ramifications of that now, do we? I mean, could these things kind of surface, don't they, Peter? And you just don't know when they come back again, right? It's true. Like I say, if he would have been driving, 
That's 30 seconds of being completely out. Yeah. That would have been a car crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he looked pretty rough. I mean, he was completely out of it. And even afterward, if you noticed, even when he came to, he was still out of it. And, you know, mm. when the when the other uh, senator came over, both of them on either yeah. side, they were like, Mitch, you OK? You need to go into your room. Or you, I mean, they knew he was screwed, basically. I was in trouble. And they tried to get him off the stage there quickly and do that. All right. So let me ask you this. All right. McConnell is and this has been a point of mine for a long time. M- Mitch McConnell is 81 years old. OK, 81 years old. Now, listen. I know I've got people that are in their 80s that are as healthy as they're like, you know, it's all your health and lifestyle, obviously. Never, you know, one 81 year old is not necessarily like the next 81 year old. So I don't want to pigeonhole people because I've got people I know that are 85, 86 that can run circles around 60 year olds. So let's be clear that it doesn't mean exactly that. But all right, he's 81. He's having struggles. Diane Feinstein is 90 years old. And boy, they dressed her up. For the dance, the what you were going to say, the um, the video on her when she just laughed and kind of went with whatever the assistant said. Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. And then Joe Biden is 80 years old. But these are not young. It's not just their age, uh, Peter. It's the fact that they are they're not healthy. They're not young and vibrant. They're not healthy people. They're struggling for other reasons. You take Donald Trump is 77 years old, by the way, and but but he has a lot more youth to him, it appears, 77 than Joe at 80. So it's hard to say. But I always believe there should be a cutoff when you're running for when you're in national office like this and doing this sort of thing. It, it, no disrespect to our senior fellows. We love them all. But there needs to be a cutoff. And you just can't keep running for election when you come out in a wheelchair or an oxygen tank. You remember Robert Bird? Remember Robert oh. Bird Center? He come out, He was so sick. He was in a freaking almost 100 years old. And the guy that wheeled him out, like, in a, he had oxygen. I mean, what the hell is the point of that, Peter? I don't understand well, that. You know what Biden crazy. and McConnell and Feinstein all have in common? Yeah, they, they lie. Were, well, no, they were all six-term senators. Six terms, six uh, times six. 60. So that's not 60. That's every no, that's, term. That's 36 six years. years. Yeah, every that's six 36 years. years. Yeah. Now, yeah, Biden yeah. was a two term vice president. Add on another eight. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of them had done things. They all had spent a tremendous amount of time <laughs> in Washington. And, you know, of interest, I wrote a Substack on this. You know, Biden clearly has had cognitive decline. I mean, everyone would agree. A cognitive decline, he's disoriented, uh, et cetera. And it's really it's really accelerated since he's taken uh, office. And um, Diane Feinstein had shingles or varicella zoster, meningoencephalitis with Ramsey Hunt syndrome uh, involving her right facial nerve. Okay. And then McConnell uh, falls, has a concussion. Now he has an Epson seizure. I can tell you, all of these conditions mm-hmm. could have been caused or worsened by COVID vaccination. Mm. Wow. And, you know, particularly wow. Uh, Feinstein, mm. this Ramsey Hunt syndrome. Mm. Uh, I had written a substack on that. That is what's called a signature vaccine injury syndrome. That's what Justin Bieber has. Justin Bieber is out of commission. He's lost now two years of concerts. Mm. Um, he is really messed up because of Ramsey Hunt syndrome. Mm. And that's what uh, Feinstein has. And it has affected her mental function. And you're right. Now, there was a rapid round of 
presentation of, you know, brief comments and voting, brief comments and voting. She clearly got mixed up. She was reading some um, prepared remarks on some big budget deal. The number she mentioned was like 840, uh, 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 840, I believe, billion dollars or some massive amount of money in one of the sectors that she's dealing with. And they said, no, no, that's not what we're talking about. Just vote I. And she was stunned a little bit. And then she goes, okay. And and so the, the way the clip showed it, it looked like she didn't even know what she was voting for. She didn't. She didn't. It, it, and she could have been voting for something very big. So, you know, my view on this, Malcolm, is that what happens in politics is people involved for a long period of time, they quit believing or understanding that they are public servants. They are our employees, not vice versa. They're not kings or queens. They are employees. They are public servants. And many of them, if you were to ask them deep down inside, do you think you're a public servant and this is all about the good of America or is this about yourself and your mark on history? Most of them at this stage, I think, listen, I'm a six-term senator. This is about my mark on history. That's the reason why they're going into their 80s and 90s. It's not because they love serving the country. This gets to be a very, very self-centered journey at the end. And, uh, you know, if any one of them thought it was really about the best for the country, they'd step aside. They'd say, listen, let me help another candidate. Uh, You know, let me help another candidate. Yeah. You know, they're far beyond retirement age. There are very few months or years left in any of them to enjoy retirement. That's exactly right. You know, when you're that age, this is, I think, a self-centered journey. Very few. Most of them are thinking about, quote, the mark they leave on history, about themselves. I think so. They're not thinking about the good of the country. And by the way, you see this throughout history. Kings, queens, other people. um, Well, there uh, needs to be a cutoff. I mean, we talk about term limits a lot, but even beyond that, there needs to be a cutoff. As you say, these are lifelong career politicians. They've been in there for decades and decades and decades and decades, and they don't even know anymore what the hell they're doing. They're just like fine time. They just go through the motions or whatever it is, this is not healthy for the country. It's not healthy for them. It's not healthy for their families. It's not healthy for anybody. I mean, we've got plenty of competent people in this country who could serve as citizen legislatures, which was how the framers intended this thing, Peter, was citizen legislatures. You go up there, you govern, you serve your country, and you go home. You don't sit there until you need an oxygen tank and a wheelchair to be rolled out of there. That was not the vision that these framers had, to be sure. But that's what's happening today. Your point, by the way, was brilliant on, um, and I hadn't thought of that, uh, but a lot of these tricky ailments and things that are going on, and you you start to connect the dots with these uh, statesmen, these uh, political people we're talking about, your assessment of the fact that, you know, by the way, these ailments, these problems, they're having could very well be connected to the vaccine. Nobody has said that, but you know what? You said it here, and I think you have a valid point. We don't really know, but it it surely brings up a concern as to why all of a sudden it's all happening out in the light of day. I mean, we've never seen this before, and right now it's like all of them are having calamities in their lives, right? So that's a reasonable point of view. It's true. Let me get in this other news piece I was asked to comment on on Fox News. 
Uh, now that I finally got it right, so it's Laura Ingram in that middle slot there. Um, and that was on July 27th, uh, the the White Coat Summit that yeah. happened on the steps of the Supreme Court. This was interesting. This is uh, led by Simone Gold, who's been a lightning rod, a controversial figure, who's a Stanford-trained physician attorney. Uh, but she came back with a lot of her friends, the physicians, and had... I believe a petition of over a hundred thousand, uh, you know, calling for justice uh, with Anthony Fauci and all those involved in pandemic response. But you know who they also had up at the podium? Listen to this: U.S. Congressman Ralph Nor Norman from South Carolina, Congressman Clay Higgins from Louisiana, Congressman Brian Babin from Texas, U.S. Senator Roger Marshall. He was with me in the the last uh, Senate panel on the vaccines. Uh, Republican from Kansas, and then Congressman Eli Crane from Arizona, and then former state senator from Minnesota, Dr. Scott Jensen. He he finished up, and I, I thought the impressive part of the White Coat Summit summit was it was all about civil liberties, uh, justice for all the uh, all the crimes that were committed over the course of the pandemic, uh, but most importantly is waking people up regarding the loss of their civil liberties. And Jensen basically said it. He said, this censorship is clearly a path and a method by, uh, by which people are stripped of their civil liberties. Yeah. And uh, remember one of the doctors who has kind of slowly come out over time, and he actually had a lot to lose, but he's been slow and incremental, has been Dr. Drew. You know, Drew Pinsky? Mm -hmm. yeah. He, yeah. He's the handsome, silver-haired guy who had this Hollywood uh, career. Um, you know, he, he just came out today and said, you know what, I'm kicked off of YouTube for the first time. So he's now kind of What did of he do? What, what did he do? Do you know? You know, he's been he's carried on this series that's been pretty interesting. I've been on it a few times with Dr. Kelly Victory. And I'm I'm happy because I know Drew. I'm happy that he did it, but it took courage to to come out. And you know, you know, I went on him a couple of years ago. He was a big promoter of the vaccines. He already had COVID, he had long COVID, he took more vaccines, he got sick with the vaccines, he took more vaccines. I was telling his wife, I said, you know, he's really risking it. Wow. Well, he wants to support the vaccine campaign. <laughs> well, wow. you, you know, he, he's to a point now where it's overwhelming that vaccines are causing harm. He brings on more person. You know, one so person he took them all and then he somehow in between all this discovered they were bad for you and then flipped yeah, I think the whole he's had, he's had enough conversations with wow. people. I, I go that. on and I quote the data. And, um, uh, you know, I just wouldn't let myself get get cast in any any one of these, um, you know, any one of these characterizations that people were trying to say, you know, that I was pushing hydroxychloroquine, I was pushing anything else. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think he's finally listened and he got to a point with Kelly Victory, brought multiple people on where I, I think the YouTube censorship gang just whacked yeah. him. And well, he's gone. Listen, I well, so. I mean, I gave up on YouTube years ago. They started. I did over seven hundred television shows on YouTube and had mm. a hell of a thing going there with my publicists out of uh, out of New York. We were doing a lot of good stuff there, and but they started pulling them off. Now this is before COVID, Peter. This is, we I was censored and shadow banned when it wasn't even cool. 
and <laughs> and you know, and we they just don't like the titles of things, or they don't like what you're talking about, and so they started pulling videos off. And these were some of them were Christian videos, some of them were on Sandy Hook, and and they were all fine. There was nothing. Uh, Nothing wrong with any of them. They just didn't like whatever the view was, and they started deleting them. And I really got irritated, so I stopped dealing with YouTube. I po- I haven't posted anything. I will not post anything on YouTube, and I stopped about four, four years, four, four and a half years ago. I stopped. I put it on Rumble now or whatever. I just don't give it to YouTube. Same thing with Facebook. Facebook pulled me off about five and a half years ago. We had a ton of followers and a lot of that was the before Twitter. That's what we used was Facebook. And they pulled me off and uh, and I, I wanted to get Zuckerberg on the phone. I was furious at the time. And you can't reach these people. I mean, they live in, you know, towers. They live in glass towers, for God's sakes. They don't want to be bothered. But uh, they're the worst. They are the YouTube, Google, which is the same thing. Facebook, they're the worst. They are the absolute worst media oligarchs. And they censor and shadow ban everything. So why, why mess with it? Why don't Americans stop? If people out there would listen and stop dealing with YouTube and Facebook, these people would have to go away or they'd have to change their ways. But everybody keeps giving them business. I don't. I stopped a long time ago. Uh, listen, let, oh, by the way, uh, let me give a program a note right here. Um, on uh, As you listen to this on Wednesday, friends, on America Out Loud Pulse, on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, so on Thursday, tomorrow, you'll hear on The Voice of a Nation a really cool program about uh, the ministry of truth, uh, a real-life ministry of truth. And uh, you're going to be some interesting gentlemen will join. Uh, Dr. Uh, Peter McCullough will be on with me on that program. And uh, a really fascinating fellow, uh, this out of Australia, spent some time in New Zealand as well. Laban Ditchburn, you'll you'll hear uh, him as well. Going to be a very interesting program. Join us at 8 p.m. Eastern time on The Voice of the Nation on Thursday uh, to hear that broadcast. Now, today, we are on Q&A 78 here, and uh, I want to get to a couple of questions, and then uh, we'll take a pause in a moment here. But let me get these questions out first, because they... Uh, just a couple of these because they're interesting. And this first one, Dr. McCullough's from Steve. He says, and I love the way he starts this. Obviously, he said, I've followed Dr. McCullough since the inception of COVID. Well, Steve <laughs> is obviously a smart guy. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I, lo- I love that opener. Obviously. All right, Steve. I got you, man. I got you. You came to the right place here. You came to the right place. That's funny. Please thank him for his work and bravery. How can I find out which batch of the uh, mRNA vax uh, Pfizer was sent? We're in the U.S., cities and states, in other words. I've heard the doctor state that only lot three out of lots one, two, and three is responsible for the overwhelming majority of adverse reports. However, I've not heard him say which state cities got lot three, nor how do I find out. Do you know? Yeah, it's not geographically distributed, but if you go to My Bad Batch or hotlots.com, there's several websites. They organize the batches from the most lethal and harmful to the least harmful. So they're in rank order. And you could figure, you know, roughly the first third would be uh you know, the first third or so would be that really hot batch and then the, the middle two thirds in the bottom uh, respectively. 
But if you go to that website, it'll organize it. And I think we're at about 168 batches. Um, let me see if I can find it. But uh, And you can see, like I saw a patient the other day with myopericarditis and all these complications. He goes, yeah, he goes, I was in the, the number three batch. Uh, he says, there's already about 100 deaths in, in my batch. And so, um, uh, uh, you know, so you, you can get a rank order idea of it. Well, those sites are good. That's what Steve needed then. Check it out, Steve. And uh, thanks for obviously following us here. It's great. All right. Uh, this one's from Craig. Uh, it says, thank you, uh, Malcolm, Dr. Peter McCullough, the entire team at America Out Loud. I've spent two, listen to this. I love this. I love this line. I have spent two thirds of my entire day with you at America Out Loud for two years. <laughs> well, thanks, Craig. He says, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks again, and God bless you all for your dedicated efforts for humanity. And you got it, Craig. That's exactly right. He's got two questions here, and these are both important. Let me get these out here. The first one's on uh, Nato Kine. She said, with or without food, question mark. So he's asking whether you take it with or without food. He says, let's also have a consensus, please, among the specialist disciplines. Labels offer different recommendations, water or with food. Dr. McCola just released a definitive recommendation for an unempty stomach. Please coordinate among yourselves and come out with a solid protocol or some consensus that shows some lockstep. Well, there's a lot of this, first of all. Yeah, well, and you know, that's a kind of a silly thing because uh, first of all, every medical doctor is, it's a science and that everybody has an opinion on this, number one. And number two, uh, that this is all brand new. This is all happening. So, I mean, this is happening in real time. And, but in the defense of Dr. McCullough, he's been working on a protocol. In fact, he's on the front lines on this right now. Go ahead, Dr. McCullough, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we will have a major paper coming out in yeah. the journal of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, and I'm working with them. It's been fully accepted. It's going into typeset. And once I get approval from them, I'll also post it on a preprint server. But we're going to come out and say, natokinase, 2,000 units uh, or 100 milligrams twice a day, with or without food. Uh, it all depends if there's GI upset or not. Okay. Bromelain, 500 milligrams a day. And then their curcumin, uh, it either has to be the nano version, I think even preferably the liposomal version, or it can be added with an adjunct called piperine. And I was able to get this in the paper. Piperine is actually black pepper extract to improve the absorption of the curcumin. Curcumin will be 500 milligrams twice a day. But that's what we call BSD, base spike detox. And we have enough experience with this, Malcolm. It takes probably about three months minimum before anybody starts to feel better, closer to six, nine, or 12 months. But people do get better. The, the heart palpitations, the blood pressure up and down, the small fiber neuropathy, yeah. general body aches, things do improve over time. Blood when do you expect that paper down. out? When do you expect it out? In the next month or so. Uh, oh. It's just that the publication wheels turn slowly. Yeah. This yeah. is just the bane well, of... Yeah, of my but, existence. Man. Now, listen, Malcolm, let me get back to um, how bad is my batch? So uh, the, the website is called how is my, how bad is my batch? Mm -hmm. And um, I looked up a batch of a patient who did have a side effect. So I happen to have the vaccine card. I just looked it up and it was Moderna given a long time ago. Uh, turns out that there's uh, 666 batches of Moderna. 
And the one that I listed um, in it, there were 12 deaths, 16 disabilities, 18 life-threatening. And in terms of um, rankings, most of the rankings there are any in the kind of the the 50 to 87 you know, rankings of various problems. So it gave an idea. It's probably in the, you know, the top 10% or so. It makes sense. Patient had a side effect. So um, how bad is my batch? And you can get an idea. Now, if this, if it was, if there weren't any deaths that occurred in this batch, no disabilities, if nothing showed up, you would conclude that this would have been one that probably had relatively degraded messenger RNA, didn't have much in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's sad that anybody has to worry about the batch or the lot today. The better solution is don't take the vaccine, clearly, you know. I know, but 75% of people took it. And now they're they're panicking. I had a young kid in the office today, Malcolm. He, yeah. you know, he 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 it's took sad. the shots. He had chest pain. He's been to the ER. He actually may have gone into heart failure uh, transiently. This poor kid, he, you know, he spent his last dollar to fly down. He goes to school up north to see me and go through these tests. And he said, listen, he goes, I want to know if I'm going to have a cardiac arrest. He goes, mm. am I going to die at night? Am I going to have a cardiac arrest like one of these athletes on the field? Wow. And he really put it to me. And I have to tell you, this is a tough one. Yeah, This is a tough one. You know, I'm going all out in terms of the testing. I'm going to try to give him as much prognosis and assurance as I can. So let's take a quick pause here. We'll see you just on the other side here. You're listening to America Out Loud Pulse. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Okay, as we join you back here, this is Q&A 78, and uh, covered a whole lot up front. Very interesting conversations, and getting into a lot of questions here now, my friends. Welcome here to the broadcast. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, along with Dr. Peter McCullough, and uh, talking about, uh, well, we're jumping into the questions now. Um, I do want to say with the um, the, the uh, 
Well, let me get into this one. With it's another question about the natokinase. This is from Mark, uh, and so this might help us. He says, "Should I be using natokinase even though my D dimers are normal and I'm experiencing back injury in the form of, of POTS uh, palpitations and heart pains?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the answer to that is definitely yes. Uh, remember, natokinase, and now we combine it. This natokinase, two thousand units twice a day. We combine it with bromelain, five hundred milligrams a day, and uh, liposomal curcumin. 500 milligrams twice a day. The answer is yes. Now the D-dimer still has value as we look at it through the normal range. So my lab assay, it's up to, um, I think 0.5, but you know, a 0.4 would be worse than a 0.2. So um, the answer is yes. Now the D-dimer will go up a little bit starting natokinase, that's normal. It'll start to, to go down after about six weeks. So, but I would say the answer is yes. If he's taking a vaccine or post COVID, he's got symptoms. Get on the base spike detox. I, I'm, you know, we have to get more of this information out there. I'm seeing so much correspondence come in from people who are looking for answers about this. And as soon as that paper is published, uh, Dr. McCullough, I, I, I want to do a big program on this topic with you, just geared toward that paper. Let's promise to do that as soon as you've got that in hand and it's publicized and we can talk about it. We can talk about it now even, but I mean... Let's start to get it out there and talk about some of these answers. Um, the um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, and and I believe that package of products you keep talking about with this new protocol you're talking about. That's something. Correct me on this, and I'm not positive about what I say here, but I think that's is. I know the natokinase is at the wellness company. Am I to understand that these other products will be put into some sort of a package? Is that a correct statement, or is that incorrect? Right. Wellness company is working to get them as a trio package. Uh, I can tell you what I've done here in my clinic in Texas is we work with a a manufacturer and in about six weeks, we're going to have a single product, a single capsule that will have all the ingredients I just mentioned. It'll be three times a day. So that's going to be available as well. We've already had one doctor reach out to me and say, listen, I want to get the single products. So- well, let's make that available on the platform here. Please be sure we talk about that after the program. Let's yeah. get it out there. Everybody's okay. asking for this, man. Everybody yeah, wants this sort of help. Yeah, no, this is important. And that's why I jump on it right there. Uh, the wellness company, friends, uh, you go to americaoutloud.shop and the natokinase in there. And there's a whole lot in that package. It's not just the natokinase. It's the dandelion root, and there's like four, five, six things in there, Dr. McCullough, as I recall, in that product. Uh, and the results have been really, really good. You get 25% off that product and using the code out loud. So I want to mention that again. It's in americaoutloud.shop. You'll see it right there. They also have this very cool one wellness plan, which is very exciting. All your uh, visits, all your virtual doctor visits with all of their esteemed uh, expert uh, doctors and all uh, are part of that one monthly low cost plan that you get. And you get 25% off that as well uh, by uh, using out loud code. So um, check that out there, please. And there's a whole lot more happening on the uh, shop there. Um, let me keep moving here with a lot of questions here I want to get into. And uh, this one is from, okay, so this was from Gary. He said, on June 15th, your weekly Q&A focused on the rapid onset of destructive tra- transgenderism. And I wanted to offer what I believe is the very best explanation of how this is happening today. Um, and he, he says, as outlined in the book, Return of the Gods, uh, Dr. McCullough is right 
there is not a red versus blue or right versus left issue. It's a right versus wrong issue. It is spiritual. Our nation's spiritual health is the worst it has ever been. We've been in, we've invited demonic forces into every facet of our nation. All right, I want to get the, I, I have a few of these. These people have sent in these, you know, remember we did the couple of shows on transgenderism, Dr. McCullough, right? Yeah, and, but uh, yeah, I, I like what he's saying. So he's, it's right. not really a question so far. He's making some really good points, though. Well, it's not a question, but exactly. But he made some points, and I want to get it out there. I want people to hear what he's saying. Uh, but he he's saying he thinks it's more, and it is. It's a, it's a it's a um, a fight of good and evil. I talk about good and evil every day on the broadcast here. It's right and wrong, which is good and evil. Um, that's what's happening in our country. We're having so many struggles right now. But he's right when he says the, the nation's spiritual health is the worst it's ever been. And we've invited demonic forces. He's right. Every facet of a nation. You have a thought on that? It's true. It's true. It's, uh, it is an epic battle of good versus evil. We, you know, we don't know how metaphysical this really is, but sometimes we, we do see some elements of, of this and you know, we really still are waiting for this spiritual awakening. We, where are the religious leaders out there yeah. of all the different religions to identify this, Malcolm? Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about it on the platform here. A lot of them are asleep at the wheel right now and have been. But hopefully there is an awakening happening and people will begin to uh, start to, you know, uh, use some smell and salt and wake up or something because... Uh, People are asleep. A lot of folks have been for a while, and faith has been uh, one of those areas here. Uh, here's another one that plays to that theme, uh, Dr. McCullough. Gayla uh, writes in, this was my comment on your program with Dr. McCullough about the transgender issue. This is not a regular national political movement. It's a spiritual movement. Here's another one. The world is being readied for its end, she said. Not my idea. It's all in the Bible. Thankfully for me, God is in control. What do you say to what she says there? You have a thought? I agree. I think at some point in time, things start to happen. And we start to realize, wait a minute, we don't control everything <clears throat> about our lives, Malcolm. You don't really control things that happen. You know, you look at uh, the genesis of the uh, America Out Loud platform, now America Out Loud News. Did you control every element of that, or did God play a role? Did oh, God my golly, you, did he play a right? role. Wow. Yeah, no, I did not control much of it, no. no right? No. I mean, and just think about this. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, who brought us together? You know, did God put you and me together? I think uh, so. And, and our voices now heard all over the world? Yeah. Uh, I mean, these are pretty big things. You know, we're not we're not working on little hobbies in our basements. I mean, the, the, we we are talking about yeah. very very big issues influencing people's lives, bringing people together. Uh, so many, um, you know, human emotions and interests all driving through through our efforts. Uh, there, there's in many ways, it's a very exciting time to be alive. It, it really is. No, no, you're spot on. I've told people that many times. It is a very exciting time to be alive when you look at his, history. And this is a historical moment of time. There is so much happening in our lives and in the world right now. But we have an opportunity to shape some of this for future generations. 
which is really the game plan here on this network, Peter. It's why it says at the top here we, you know, here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. It's very clear. By the way, that hearing, I got to tell you, and you and I should talk about this more another time here, but there is a, I did a phenomenal show the other day with a scientist uh, who's brilliant in this field. You know, the uh, congressional hearing they had on the UFOs, the, uh, un- well, actually. I didn't, I didn't catch it, but oh, what was, it was the summary? Great. It was really? awesome. Oh, man, it was oh, awesome. Man. This was a must, must watch. Uh, this is one of the best uh, congressional hearings I've, I've seen to date here. Uh, the unidentified anomalous uh, phenomena is what it is. That's now a UFO is a UAP, the unidentified anomalous uh, uh, phenomena. That's what okay. it is. Yeah. So I did a show. Uh, it's on podcast. If you go to the Voice of a Nation under shows on the nav bar there at news, government cover up of non-human biologics and possession of UAPs. Tell you what, you and I've got to do a program either next week or the week after on these biologics. Well, I need to listen to the program. So again, uh, clue us in. Uh, what, what segment is it on? This is on the Voice of a Nation. It's Voice at the very me. top. I'll link it to this podcast post right okay. here, in fact. But if you go to the menu on uh, mm-hmm. AmericaOutloud.news under shows, where you get all go to the voice of a nation, Malcolm and Abe, and you'll see this right at the top. They have government cover up of non UN biologics and possession of UAPs. Uh, and it was an outstanding conversation. You'll pick up a lot of ideas out of this. This guy, scientist we had on there was brilliant. But, anyways, check that out. We're going to talk more about that in the future. And by the way, I have to tell you, it, 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 while I'm thinking of it right now, Go to uh, either Dr. Peter McCullough under our team or the McCullough Report under under shows and take a look at, uh, you'll see it right there on, right off the nav bar, the McCullough Foundation. And we got to talk about this ahead too. We'll plan a show on this as well. These are topics we need to do. And this is an educational and professional approach uh, to understand the science. It's a commitment. It's a lifelong commitment is what Dr. McCullough is doing here, basically, uh, so that we can work with healthcare professionals to improve lives, save lives, and prevent people from uh, some of the tragedies we've gone through, actually, and, and fallen ill, uh, you know, to begin with. So it's the McCullough Foundation. There's a link there to go directly to it and find out more about all of this that uh, Dr. McCullough is doing. And we will talk about this ahead. We'll we'll do a program on it and talk about all of the things you want to do with it. I look forward to that. Let me stay on the Q&A right now, but I wanted to just get that in there, Peter, to tell people about it. So the, Thank you. Uh, the uh, uh, McCullough Foundation is, is, a, is a real thing now and it's out there. Okay, uh, last one on this. Let me sneak this other one in on transgender from Bill. He says, I'm a 70-year-old male raised in a different time where my heroes were Roy Rogers and the Lone Ranger. <laughs> okay. Uh, and for the life of me, I cannot see a drag queen as the new role model for children. My opinion, what is missing today is, drum roll please, <laughs> is God. And worship of the same once taken out of school. We have started slipping down that slope and the climb up is getting harder and harder. I love your shows on the network. That's from Bill, right? There's another one, Dr. McCullough. Well, you you know, it's interesting how this theme is. People are starting to listen to this. And I think what's really honestly been the clincher for so many people, Malcolm, is the transgender crisis. 
you know, people said, well, it's SARS-CoV-2, it's an infection, it's lockdown, it affects us all. Uh, you, you, you know, everyone did the best they could. There's almost kind of a, a write-off there, an intellectual write-off. That, listen, humanity did the best as it could with a pestilence, with some form of a plague that, that came down on Earth. But wait a minute. There, there's no emergency transgender crisis. There's no, the, the transgender thing appears to be self-inflicted. All, you know, society self-inflicting it upon itself, creating this misery. I think transgender, as it rolled right, you know, on the heels of COVID, obviously it'd been brewing for several years and then it fully blossomed uh, at the end of COVID. That's when people said, wait a minute, th this is yet another very disturbing trend where people start to see, you know, evil intentions, something that's nefarious, desecration of the human body. You know, it just keeps going on. And this hits a lot of religious themes, not just Christianity, that's but right. other religious themes, uh, you know, including yeah. Islam. So it's very, very interesting. I, I do think we're going to have a lot more spiritual commentary. Maybe we need to do uh, things with people really who have... Uh, and I know we have some of these people on the platform, Malcolm, who really have uh, religious credentials, you know, not just in Christianity, but, you, you know, in many other religions. Yeah, you're know, I'm all for it. Uh, I think we need more and more of it. And uh, we do have a, a new show coming out uh, the, on education. Uh, we'll be telling another. I'm so excited about this stuff. We we get a real opportunity here to shape uh, our lives and, and policies ahead and just really we've got some really cool stuff happening. Uh, this one is a dean from a, a, a private school. I'll be telling you more about I'll tell you more about it next week, but it's going to launch, I think, next week, in fact. Uh, it's a daily show, Monday through Friday, and, and we, we, it's, I'm pretty excited about this one as well. Uh, let me stay on this question. I want to get a few more in here. This one's from Linda. I came across Dr. McCullough speaking about the spike protein ca causing corneal transplant rejections, mm -hmm. and I was wondering if he knew of how I could go about getting an unvaxxed donor in Australia for my surgery. You know, that's very possible. Remember, corneal transplants, you have a lot more uh, preference there. You can, one can make a, uh, you know, make a variety of preference choices. I, I would definitely push and inquire for that. The data on the vaccine ruining these corneal transplants is very high now. And we're talking to ophthalmologists and corneal specialists that are having to do redos on all these. So when they harvest the cornea, they're finding out the spike proteins in the cornea, it's inflamed and it just won't take when you try to transplant it on. So right. I think she should she should raise the issue. She should point it out and um, uh, see if I can get a citation really quickly because there, 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 there's very good. If she goes on the internet, she can she can um, find the citation there where it's been studied. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is, uh, you, you, you know, there are two areas right now that look really bad are lung transplant and corneal transplant. We haven't wow. yet seen the heart transplant literature, but I, I think that'll be equally as bad where we can't install the genetic code for the spike protein, perturb the immune system, and then end up uh, doing organ transplant. It's just absolutely uh, atrocious. And uh, she'll be able to find it on the internet. I don't have it handy, but you know, this brings up another storyline. I don't know if you've seen this, but a young man in Canada just died because he was denied a kidney transplant. He was at the end of the, end of the run of dialysis. He died in renal failure and a complication. And he wouldn't take the vaccine. 
so that he would they wouldn't give him a wow. kidney transplant. And he dies, and he's got a young family. But listen to this. This is the capper, Malcolm. You know what happened? They approached his wife and said, now that he's dead, would he donate his other organs? Oh, my God. Oh my God. Can you imagine? They decline him a transplant. I cannot They imagine. approach her for organ donation. No. You can't make she, this up. No, I, 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 I can't even touch that one. That's a, that's, <laughs> that's unbelievable. That's, and there are people that are dying from this still, by the way. And there are people that are being denied things like these transplants. I just seen another one of these cases the other day. It, this is sick. It is very inhumane. It's disgusting on every level. And here's, uh, yeah, let me get this other one in from Karen. She says, I'm curious to know if there are resources, articles, research findings on possible vaccine injuries from the shingles vaccine, Shingrix, made by GSK. I've looked at the search engines and have not found anything recent or very detailed. Do you know of anything offhand by chance? No, I mean, I've had it myself, Malcolm, and I can tell you it is a doozy. Toughest vaccine I ever took. It gives 14 times the dose of the live attenuated varicella zoster or chickenpox virus. If I could do it over again, I wouldn't take it again. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. no, I'm unaware of any long-term kind of serious side effects outside a very severe arm. You know, a great resource uh, for this whole vaccine injury area. One is called Children's Health Defense. They've got a tremendous library. And the other one is ICAN, I-C-A-N, uh, called the Informed Consent Action Network. Those would be the two. Hit the search uh, engine there. Type in shingles vaccine. See what see what comes up. All right. And last point here. Um, this is a just a quick, uh, not a question, but a statement from Nancy. And I, I just think it's important to put it out there. She said, my sister died after being treated with remdesivir at Kaiser Medical Center in Modesto, California. As medical directive told doctors, uh, as the medical directive, I told doctors I did not want it. I was told either she got remdesivir or she gets nothing. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, I, it's just a sad state of affairs. I mean, that you get those statements in and I just feel obligated, um, Peter, to put that out there, you know, for Nancy, um, you know, who lost her sister because of this run. It's just tragic. That, that's like someone going into the hospital yeah. and I say, well, they have to let me do angioplasty and a stent. Otherwise they get nothing. No, of course there's always hospitalization is always a series of negotiations. Yeah. It's always, it's never all or nothing. It's not my way or the highway. This authoritarian stance that doctors, nurses and administrators took was absolutely atrocious. Do you know Gilead this week, had remdesivir approved for extended use in patients with kidney disease. That's where it causes kidney damage. And they had a clinical trial. They couldn't even finish. It was stopped because for feasibility reasons and the FDA just waved it on. So now remdesivir actually under a full FDA approval would be used in its most dangerous context. I mean, the FDA is off the rails. Yeah, they are indeed. They've been off the rails here. Yeah. Um, by the way, we have a newsletter that goes out every Wednesday if you want to be in the know and have some of the latest things that are happening on the network here. Uh, just send us, you, well, you can just send us your email if you want, and I'll know to put it in there. Our team will. Uh, you can send it to talk at americaoutloud.com or just hit the contact button back at americaoutloud.news. Okay? Friends, thank you for joining us on the mission here on America Out Loud Pulse always of the again.